welcome to this week's Feministas. I'm Emma. And I'm Rachel. And we, and are, we the are the Feministas. This week we are tackling the topic of birth control, which is always kind of controversial for people, but this time it's extremely controversial because Instagram influencers are going around saying you need a birth control cleanse. Whoa, a cleanse. They're arguing that, oh, hormonal birth control can affect your body and your body can't re-regulate itself. Thus, you need to cleanse it of these hormones. Before we jump into that, um, we should probably explain some of the basics of what birth control is. So we know that with the advent of birth control, that women can delay pregnancy. And this is good because that means that they can stay in the workforce and certain women that have medical conditions can also use birth control to be relieved from horrible pain that they might have during their periods. And all of that birth control is doing is just giving your body hormones that basically tricks your body into thinking it's pregnant. So you might be wondering what hormones are exactly. I mean, you probably heard this word a lot, but um, hormones are basically just chemical messengers that travel through your body. Uh, sending signals, and these are critical for life. And so the specific hormones that we're using in in birth control are either estrogen and and progesterone or just progesterone alone. And birth control, it has these hormones in it, but they are are synthetic or what we'd call synthetic hormones. And as I kind of mentioned, it makes your body think you're pregnant and the hormone levels are similar to what your body would receive if you were actually pregnant, which is why it's able to trick your body into thinking, oh, I'm pregnant. I'm not going to release an egg. And thus you don't have an egg to be fertilized. That's crazy to me that the birth control is tricking your body. <laughs> it's pretty amazing how it works. I remember when I started on it, I w- had to really understand how it worked because I did not trust it. I'm like, if I take this pill, I'm not going to get pregnant. Like that makes no sense. Yeah, it's impossible if you're not releasing the egg. (laughs) Yeah. So beyond just preventing your body from releasing this egg, uh, these synthetic hormones can also make your uterine lining really thin. So this makes it harder um, for an embryo to implant, right? Mm -hmm. And it also can change the cervical mucus, and this can prevent sperm um, from passing through the mucus and actually getting up towards the egg. So most people, when they hear the term synthetic hormones or lab-made hormones, they get really concerned. And yes, these hormones are not the exact same form of estrogen or progesterone that your body would produce, but the way that they're created is basically the same, and the little tiny changes to the hormone itself basically allows it to be degraded in the body over time. So our hormones that are produced in our body take a lot longer to degrade because our body's actually producing them. Whereas a synthetic hormone, it can it will only last a certain amount of time in the body based off of the chemistry of the hormone itself. And interestingly, some people are really sensitive to synthetic hormones. And in that case, hormone-based birth control is not really right for them. But there are other options for birth control. So do you think people are scared of these uh, synthetic hormones because they are these synthetic non-natural things or are they you think they're afraid they're not going to work as well as the real estrogen i think they're more concerned that it's synthetic that it's not something from your body and i mean i think most of us have that fear of oh we're taking this pill or we're taking ibuprofen it's not made in our body itself but in the case of most medicines they work so well because scientists understand where things will bind and some things are classified so well 
In the case of other drugs, maybe you'll have more side effects because they don't know as well how one pill is going to affect all these processes in the body. Right. And speaking of side effects, yeah, in the case of uh, you can take the oral contraceptive, so the birth control pill, or uh, some people choose to use an IUD, an intrauterine device. Um, and this is kind of cool because it, it makes those hormones localized mm-hmm. instead of taking a pill where it's going to, those hormones are coursing through your bloodstream, affecting all sorts of things. The pill and the IUD that I just mentioned are probably the most common forms of birth control. And there's also that little weird rod thing that you can have that injected always into your me arm. Out. I really, I really think that's sketchy. What if they lose it? <laughs> I mean, yeah. What if you bump it really hard? What if you drop a weight on it? What oh, if you can't like think of that. bring your bicep up because of this rod in your arm? Ugh. I've also Gross. heard people have more side effects with that one versus others. There are some birth control methods that don't use hormones. Like I think there's a copper IUD mm-hmm. that uses the the char- the positive charge of the copper repels the sperm. Yeah, I know with that one, too, a lot of people have pretty bad cramping and bleeding after that one just because it's more invasive, I guess, than a normal IUD. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is anytime you have an intrauterine device, that that can be painful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And there's a chance for infection and all of that. But getting back to birth control and kind of its purpose, a lot of people use birth control for other reasons besides actually preventing you from getting pregnant. Some women use it to control really bad acne because it evens out your hormones some people use it to control anxiety like I know for me it really helps my anxiety because my hormones are pretty steady and one of the most I think important uses of birth control is for women with polycystic ovarian syndrome so these are women that have a lot of cysts on their ovaries and this leads to really painful periods and a lot of times they have to get surgeries to remove their ovaries so if they're on birth control it prevents the uh, formation of these ovarian cysts and thus helps them to live like a much more normal life without having to deal with all this pain. Yeah, I mean, that kind of thing can be super debilitating. I've known women growing up in, in high school, they were out sick for days because of their period. Yeah, I mean, and it's just, you can't control that. So be having, well, now having a way to control it is awesome. So IUDs can actually prevent you from getting your period for a really long time, um, as can birth control pills, depending on which kind of regimen you're taking and, and mm-hmm. which um, hormones are in those. I think the combination pills that you take are probably more effective at, at preventing the longer periods. And also some women choose to um, do a 21-day course and then a 7-day course without um hormones so you do have your period but um you can do it a different kind of setup where you just take the hormones for a longer stretch and then you don't have your period for much longer i do want to distinguish that um a period when you're on hormonal birth control is not actually a period but what it's called is is withdrawal bleeding because your body is withdrawing off the pill for a week which causes your body to shed the endometrial lining but you're not releasing that egg right And that's where some people, they can take birth control and be on that withdrawal week and still not even get a period. So a lot of people, though, want to have the period just to make sure, hey, I'm not pregnant and get that affirmation every single month. Yeah, that's very reassuring. (laughs) (laughs) But I think the most important thing to mention about birth control is that it's really individual for every person. And that's the hard thing when you go and read articles online about birth control, because people will recommend all these different kinds. But it all comes down to what works for you. Someone could have the pill at a certain dose with no side effects, and someone else could have that same pill 
and have horrible side effects like a lot of breast pain or weight gain or even just moodiness and depression. That's why it's so important to have a good doctor to help you figure out what's the best option. So when we talk about birth control, we're never recommending one thing or another. It's more of so you can see what's out there and know that if you want to take birth control, definitely talk with your doctor and see what is the best option for you and your body. So recently there's been pushback on birth control, kind of getting back to Instagram influencers. A lot of them have been saying that it deregulates our body's natural hormones and thus prevents women from getting pregnant after they come off the pill. I mean, there is some merit to this concern, right? When when women who are on birth control want to get pregnant, it does take some time for their mm-hmm. body to re-regulate and become adjusted to not having that birth control. This kind of makes sense. You haven't really been ovulating for some people for decades. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, it can be such a long time, especially if you have something like an IUD where you have it for years and years. I think you can have it for up to five years, and you, if you keep getting replacement ones, can just go on for quite a while so your body's kind of sent into shock of whoa i have to release an egg again what is this yeah how do i start making estrogen and progesterone again (laughs) going back to what emma was saying about how everybody responds differently to birth control you know everyone will respond differently to coming off birth control too Mm -hmm. so for some women um it can take a really long time for their bodies to start re-regulating these hormones whereas for others it might happen immediately yeah and if you, even if you go to a doctor, they're not going to know how long it will take. I mean, they can do tests to see what your estrogen and progesterone levels are, and that is definitely helpful. But a lot of times it just takes time. But recently, companies have been marketing products known as birth control cleanses. And these cleanses claim to help speed up this process of your body re-regulating itself. So the birth control cleanse says that it can cleanse your uterus and your liver, which is interesting because... Both of these organs have their own systems to do that themselves. I mean, the liver is kind of the master of (laughs) cleansing itself, right? Yeah, I mean, it detoxes everything. And even your uterus has, like, a whole system to clean. So I find that interesting that they think the liver needs help with that. Um, uh, It also says that it can tone your uterine muscles. (laughs) So Rachel and I read these claims of this birth control cleanse, and we kind of shook our head wondering, okay, what does this actually mean? So I went and looked up the ingredients that are in this cleanse and they have several ingredients that they kind of really highlight and some of them are great and there's one that's kind of questionable. One of the ingredients in the cleanse is folic acid, which you probably know this is very highly recommended for women who are wanting to get pregnant and the reason why is folic acid is a vitamin that helps your body produce red blood cells. And this is critical when you're trying to get pregnant because it ultimately helps the baby's spinal cord develop properly. So if you're low on folic acid, your baby's spinal cord, it can develop, misdevelop and just because there's not enough blood cells getting there. So folic acid is something that is definitely key to have in any prenatal vitamin and even when you are pregnant to continue to help that blood formation. Is the production of red blood cells separate from the development of the baby's spine or are those connected? I'm just wondering because when I um, donate blood, they always ask me if I'm pregnant. (laughs) Mm, Maybe so. Or maybe also they don't want you to donate blood when you should be giving, like, that blood should be going to the baby. That's true. I've been (laughs) bloodsuckers. Another component of the cleanse are vitamin C and E. And they claim that vitamin C and E help balance estrogen and progesterone and nourishes your liver. So I kind of went to see, okay, is there 
research backing up this claim. Do vitamin E and vitamin C actually help regulate your hormones? And a few studies I found said that these two vitamins can affect your hormones, but I only found this in one study. And this company is kind of toting this claim as, oh, vitamin C and E, they're going to re-regulate you completely. But from what I saw in the literature, there was only one study that actually looked at this, which even if that study supported their claim, there needs to be more research done before they make a claim like this. Okay, up until this point, all of the things that you've mentioned seem like things that you could just incorporate into your diet. Well, I don't know about vitamin mm-hmm. E, but vitamin C for sure. Just eat more oh, oranges, right? Yeah, and folic acid, you can easily take a supplement for that that's not that expensive. But there, this birth control cleanse, is, I think, is $60 a month. It's a lot for just 28 days. That's capitalism. Yep. <laughs> and marketing. But the main ingredient in these cleanses that is promoted is what's called chasteberry. What is chasteberry? <laughs> I had to look it up because I'd never heard of it before. And it sounded kind of opposite of what you'd want to happen. <laughs> I mean, chasteberry. I mean, you're trying to... It's ironic that it's chaste, but you're trying to make a baby. (laughs) Yeah. So apparently it's the fruit of the chaste tree, which is found in Central Asia and the Mediterranean region. And it was said to decrease certain desires. So monks actually used it. And in recent years, people have used it for PMS symptoms, infertility, and breast pain. But there hasn't really been enough scientific evidence to verify any of these claims. Just... What? It decreases sexual desire? (laughs) You're trying to make a baby. (laughs) I know. Yeah, so the fact that monks use it to decrease sexual desire seems a little counterintuitive to how people want to use it now. Yeah, interesting. So I looked into the few studies there were, just going into PubMed, searching chasteberry. It's all I did. And I found a few studies. One of them looked at chasteberry and its binding to the estrogen receptor. So we didn't really talk about the estrogen receptor, but in your body, your cells have different receptors on the surface and different molecules can bind to these cells like a lock would bind, like a key would bind to a lock. And estrogen has a specific receptor, which it can bind to, to bring about lots of different changes in the body. You might've heard of it before in certain breast cancers. If they're called estrogen receptor positive, that means you can treat the cancer with an estrogen drug that will basically kill the cancer. So chaseberry has been shown to bind the estrogen receptor in rats and monkeys, but there's not been any human studies to show this. And this is kind of interesting because if something can bind to an estrogen receptor, it can act as an estrogen and activate estrogen-responsive gene pathways. So you think about this in terms of BPA, for example. Everyone craps on BPA for great reason because BPA can act like an estrogen in the body and turn on all these estrogen pathways when you don't want them turned on. So are there any studies? They've shown that this can bind to the estrogen receptors, but are are there any other studies? I saw one study where they looked at human fertility, and they only looked at 100 women in the study, and it was pretty so a pretty small sample size. And I didn't even have access to this study. Like UNC has access to a lot of different journals, and I put this in to see if we'd access to it. I couldn't even read the whole article, which is kind of bad because that means no one's able to read this and no one can tell if it's actually legit. And if this company is basing it off this article, 
who knows if they've even been able to read this article if a university doesn't even have access. That's kind of a big deal that this company is promoting this product and there's very little research to back up their claims. Yeah. And if you go and explore their website, it's just super general information. It, they they didn't have any sources anywhere. And I thought about emailing them to ask, but I had to put in my email and put my name in and I wasn't really wanting to <laughs> be tracked down. But in this human study that I looked at, they found some effects on fertility in women. They saw that the women who took Chaseberry were more likely to get pregnant, and that was significant than the women who did not take Chaseberry. But there's so much, okay. so much variability in that. You don't know how old these women were. That wasn't discussed because I didn't have access to the article. You don't know if they had other things like socioeconomic differences or food differences or were some on prenatal vitamins and some were not. Definitely, definitely. And all these things are called confounding variables, right? Which is something that you can't know about without being able to go into that paper and look at how they chose these women for the study and know all the details. Yeah, exactly. Because you might think, you know, Emma mentioned that she picked up the story on Instagram. Like, do you know a lot of older people that are on Instagram? It's mostly like the millennials, right? Right. (laughs) So the fact that there's not much information on this compound there's a lot of anecdotal evidence where people say oh i tried this and it worked but beyond that there's not much information there's also the placebo effect that's true yeah women could just think oh if i'm on something they might think that they're getting the drug and become more fertile (laughs) if that works for you great (laughs) Can what we've talked about today with uh, this Chaseberry birth control cleanse teach us about other products that we might be looking at? What can we learn from this? I think there's a lot of things we can learn. Just, I mean, we always kind of say, go look at the sources of a claim. If someone says something, they should have evidence to back up what they're saying. And in the case of this company, uh, them having this Chaseberry cleanse, the way that they've marketed it to women is almost like using scare tactics. And they make it sound like, oh, you haven't gotten pregnant? Well, you haven't tried Chaseberry, and you haven't tried this birth control cleanse, and that's why you're having issues. And for women who are in that really vulnerable state of not being able to get pregnant, they're probably will. I know they're willing to try anything and everything. And so if it's something that will work, and if you read all the reviews online, everyone's positive about it, very few negative reviews. So is it really working or is this just people are trying this because they're willing to try anything? And if you think about companies too, they have a whole marketing team that's behind products. And what they do is they craft their marketing in a way to entice people to buy their product. And ultimately this leads to them vastly overstating the claims that are behind their products. You know, what's funny is that (laughs) like marketing tactics kind of remind me of how we write grants a little bit because they they make it seem like there's this hole in your life and there's this thing that you're missing and you don't have and you need so true it's kind of scary which is exactly what they tell us to do when we're writing a grant yeah it's like find your niche where you can fit in your research where no one's ever looked at this before like this is the problem and this is how i can fill it Mm -hmm. but in the case of the company it's like with this product (laughs) we will fill the hole in your life and give you a child But I think there's so many lessons. Just if you see something, I mean, I've started even doing it with makeup products and other things, just really trying to understand what's 
in the things that I'm using and if they're having these claims, are they actually legit? And so many times they're just based off of one or two scientific articles, which may or may not be very robust. So do your research and stay away from sloppy science. 